Hey there, thanks for visiting the podcast of the Guelph Vineyard Church. If you haven't already, please subscribe to our podcast using whatever platform you listen on, or visit our website at guelphvineyard.com. Here's this week's message brought to you by Adrian Wilson. Um, Before we get started, I mentioned this on the Facebook group, uh, but I would love for uh, people to be able to participate in a particular way. And in order to do that, you are going to need to grab yourselves a blank sheet of paper, like a nice larger size, eight and a half by 11 or so or larger, and uh, some drawing and or coloring utensils. So if you just want to grab those, I'll take a minute here and set myself up so that I can see you and my notes. Kids, this would be, a, I think, a really fun way for you to participate as well. So if the kids had paper and pens, that would be amazing. Andrea says paper and pencil or pen is fine. If you want to add color, that works too. And now I'm hoping that you're seeing my black screen here, plan for the morning. Thank you, Marianne. Got a little bit of background noise going on here. Sorry about that. Okay, so let's let's dive in here. So we've been talking about the statement, Jesus is Lord, and the impact the belief in that statement has on our lives. We've talked about the worldly understanding of lordship and how it's equated to power and authority. Remember, we talked about Lord Vader and Lord Voldemort and Lord Sauron. Um but that Jesus shows us a different model. Whenever Jesus takes lordship, he displaces the powers and authorities of this world and brings newness and freedom. Jesus is Lord is a proclamation that God rules and reigns ultimately and completely over every sphere of our lives. It's a statement that's always calling us forwards, just like we saying today, We look towards wonder. We stand right here and not look back. God's pulling us forwards. That statement, Jesus is Lord, pulls us towards something new. My goal today is to help us understand maybe just a little bit more, myself included, how Jesus is Lord fits into the grand arc of God's story. If we walk away this morning from a simple picture of what Jesus is Lord means and why it's such a pivotal, pivotal statement in that story, then I think I will have done my job. Um, so this, uh, so we're going to talk about a metaphor that I think is going to be really helpful. Talk about that quickly. And then I want to tell a story and I'm really excited to tell that story And then we'll dive in and just kind of unpack that a little bit. And then next week, we've kind of split this up into two, um, just to keep things focused. We'll start to ask some questions about what does that mean in terms of our calling and purpose day to day? Uh, How do we fit into the story and how can we endeavor to follow Jesus's example? Practically, what does this mean for me? Sound good? 
there's good news. And I think there are some answers to be found here. And the application to our lives, I think, is going to be really simple. All of us can do it at any age, any stage. It ties directly into the Jesus is Lord uh, series. And I, I think that many answers can be found in this. Can anyone tell me what that is? Take a guess. You can come off mute or just throw it in the chat. Signpost. Oh, man. Nailed it. I did not expect you to get that so soon. Nice job. Okay, so what do signposts do? Maybe if there's any kids on the call, maybe I'll see if you guys can answer that first. What's the purpose of a signpost? My kids are answering, but they already know the answer, so... <laughs> the chat here a signpost orients you Catherine nice <laughs> anyone else uh, what does a signpost do what's his primary purpose and it's not a trick question <laughs> to hold up signs yes to hold up a sign thank you anyone want to give me an example of some signs Stop sign. Point you in the right direction. Thanks. LJ. I was thinking of those. I was thinking of those signs that tell you how far away you are from a place. You know, sometimes it's direction, and sometimes it's you are five hundred oh, yeah. kilometers away from Timbuktu or whatever. Nice. I was thinking of one I saw this morning. I went out for a short walk, and it said, "Drive slowly. Children play in this neighborhood." And there was a bunch of children um, doing uh, hanging off the sign. <laughs> <laughs> I, as I was walking down my street yesterday, I was just realizing how many signs there are. You know, even just on my the little stretch of the road that I walked on, there was eight to ten signs, you know, of various forms. So here's some examples, some more examples of signs. So yeah, signs are used for loads of purposes. Some declare truths like no parking here, or like Chris was saying, you're this far away from something. Some kind of provide explicit directions. I, I particularly love the one in the middle. I don't think I'm too far off base by saying that most signs provide us with guidance of some sort. They point us in a direction. Many instill hope and relief, confirming that, yes, we are going the right way. Jesus is Lord is a sign. Have you seen that sign? I'm betting you have, even if you didn't know it. But where, Adrian? And to where is that sign pointing? Great questions. And you know what? I have just the story for you. It's one we're all familiar with. You've likely heard it many times. 
<laughs> but this one is worth repeating. This is the rescue story. So I'm going to tell this story, and we are very lucky today to have Andrea with us, who is going to be uh, doing a visual interpretation of the story. And we can all follow along. So, Marianne, if you don't mind just spotlighting her uh, paper there. Oh, a blank sheet of paper. A beautiful place to start. Okay. So here's the story. Ella, did you want to come in here? No? Okay. <clears throat> it all started at the very beginning, when there was nothing, nothing to hear, nothing to see, only emptiness and darkness. But God was there. God had a wonderful plan. I'll take this emptiness, God said, and I'll fill it up. So out of the darkness, God made the whole world. He made light and sea and sky, cliffs and mountains, sandy beaches, trees and flowers, and a moon and a sun, birds and animals. It was full of beauty. This is Good, he said. And he saved the best for last. For from the very beginning, God had a shining dream in his heart. He would make some people to share his creation with. So he made humankind in his image to help take care of the garden and to be in relationship with him. The world was created to be teeming with life, beauty, relationship, and wholeness. You're the most beautiful thing I've ever made, God said to the people. Adam and Eve, God's children, lived happily together with God in their beautiful home for a while. Until one day, everything went wrong. A terrible enemy came into the garden, intent on stopping God's wonderful plan. This enemy's name was Sin. And I'm loving the drawing there, Andrea. And again, feel free to follow along with the, with the picture if you're a visual learner. Sin, God's arch nemesis, came into God's perfect world and began to destroy it, distorting the beautiful creation God had made. The world was broken, heartbreakingly broken. The perfect relationship between God and his children was broken, and he just knew that everything else would break as well. Only glimpses remained of the beauty, relationship, 
and wholeness of the original creation. But God's plan was not to be thwarted. His purposes remained intact. So he put into motion a grand plan. An ultimate rescue plan to set things right. For the sake of time, I'm going to skip over some chapters, which build the suspense and show how God started to unfold the plan. And we're going to go straight to the good part. This chapter is called Redemption, or Being Made New. God, making himself human, sent Jesus to earth to announce that a kingdom was coming. There was a new king coming, and God was beginning to put things right on earth in a new way. And this would benefit everyone. And then it happened. In a final checkmate move, Jesus was crucified on a cross, high on a hill for the world to see. Sin had won. Or had he? Three days later, Jesus rose again with three strong swings of a huge mallet. The cross, like the ultimate signpost, was driven into the ground. Three days, three swings, and three words. Jesus is Lord. Humankind was now forever free from the bondage of sin, completing the checkmate move. God, through Jesus, set us on a course to accomplish his rescue plan for good. The world broken by sin would be made right again. Relationships would be reconciled and creation and beauty fully restored. God's original dream would finally come to pass. And that's the story. And I just want to pull up Andrew's drawing here because I'm really excited to see that. Nice. That is so beautiful, Andrew. Thank you. And I hope some of you were able to follow along. Have your own pictures there. Um, so without taking too much time, is there anything, you know, as you look at this visual, anything that any, that's popping out to anyone, kids or youth, I'd especially love to hear your perspectives if there's anything you're, you're seeing or sensing. there's anything that really popped out to you in that story. And it's okay if there's not. You, uh, I'm hesitant because I'm the guy who's always talking, but I just want to say that the one thing that I haven't really thought about quite this way is um, 
that there's never a moment in the story where there's not a sign. There's never a moment where we don't have something that gives us direction. There's always a sign. There's a detour sign. There's a this way sign. There's a you are here. So I just think that was really a, a, just kind of re resonant for me in both the telling and in the visual. As I've been uh, just kind of preparing and writing that story or that version of the story, <laughs> every time I get to that Jesus is Lord part, it just kind of, it hits me and I well up a little bit. It's just something really emotional and pivotal in that for me. Um, so now we have a very special surprise and to going to take a short little break and, and uh, Olivia is going to introduce this very special surprise. Yes. And now it's time for Silly Songs with Larry's, the part of the show where the Larry's come out to sing a silly song. <laughs> <laughs> this ain't how it was supposed to be. Originally in the garden of ease, not everybody had the need to live with him for eternity. Sneaky little snake in a sneaky little way, had a sneaky little smile and a sneaky little face. Did them with the fruit so sweet, and they couldn't say no to the tantalizing treat. Send us everything up, everything up. You can dance with us. guys and Marianne let's uh let's go back and highlight Andrea's uh picture I love that visual and having that up there I think is helpful so in John 14 Jesus or John tells us that the night before Jesus had died he'd met with his friends and told them there's a place for you I'll get it ready you know the way 
Thomas had panicked. He said, I don't know the way to get there. Yes, you do, Jesus said. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus was telling them that his life and ultimately his death and resurrection was the way to get to the place that he was preparing. So when I think about the statement, Jesus is Lord, for me, it's helpful to think about it as a signpost. Big surprise. Really, the ultimate signpost. Sin is no longer Lord. There is a new king, a new authority, and a new freedom through Jesus. It was literally inscribed in three languages on a sign on the cross, King of the Jews, or more simply put, our King. It was the ultimate proclamation to the world that the power of sin, that which broke the world and creation, has been overcome and that the world is being made right again. It was the final pivot in the storyline of God's rescue plan. It's all going to be okay. For just a couple minutes, I want to do a quick little deep dive because there's two really nifty bits in this story. Um, these were a couple little thoughts that inspired me from a talk I heard from Matt Croasman, I think his name is. He did a talk at Metanoia uh, gathering last year, I think it was. And so here's the first. So Chris has been talking about the fact that God was not one to lord over or dominate through tyranny. Um, if we go back to the first chapter of the story, we see that he gave humankind dominion over the earth. He put them in charge to take care of the garden, to have authority over creation. They were like second in command. But we didn't want that. We wanted to be on top. And in the process, we ended up being enslaved to and second in command to another authority, namely sin. And so there lies what I think was the big problem because in order to see the complete fulfillment of his original dream, God needed to set things right while at the same time maintaining humanity's authority over creation as he had initially intended. So could he have simply saved us from sin in the first place? Surely he would have been capable of that, but it would have watered down his original plan. So by making himself human through Jesus and conquering sin, Jesus took over authority of both heaven and earth. I think this is the mind blowing part. He's got authority of heaven because of his godness. But remember, he was made human. So authority over earth, not because of his godness, but because of his humanity. That just really blows my mind. And there's probably a lot to unpack there and, and think about. But um, So that was kind of the first takeaway. And the second one was uh, something that another thing I just love about this story is that God's plan 
didn't simply take something broken and throw it out and replace it. Seems like that could have been a, a reasonable option. But rather, he decided to restore it, to heal it, to instill hope, even in the grief, pain, sorrow, and brokenness. To instill hope that what was wrong might just be made right. There was something deeper and richer about orienting towards healing rather than replacement. That's another thing that I just love about the story. So even in the brokenness of the world that we live in, we continue to see hints and glimpses of this healing. We see relationships restored, bodies healed, forests growing back. These are all continued signs pointing to the world which is to be made right. So with that, I kind of conclude for today. Next week, we're going to explore together. My intention will for to be as practical as possible, what it looks like for us to follow Jesus's example of being signposts. Um, we are in that zone where Andy is point, drawing right now, where we we are in the middle of seeing that the grief and pain and heartache, yet there are still glimpses of the hope and the things being made right, beauty being restored. And I believe one of our calls as Christians is to alert the world to God's rescue plan. If we open our eyes, our ears, and our hearts, then we can see here and be glimpses of God's intended plan. And there lies our opportunity. So hopefully that basic story, going back to basics, was uh, something that uh, is helpful for you. And just uh, the picture of a sign and a signpost. Uh, and when we think about Jesus as Lord, thinking about that as kind of the ultimate signpost that's pointing us back. It's kind of the final pivot from this world that was broken back on track to God's original plan, which remained consistent and never changed. Um, if it's okay, I'd like to give a little bit of homework for next week. And that would be this, to make two lists. One second. Two lists. Um, one is a brokenness list. And just list out all the characteristics that you see in a world that is broken. And the second list would be the world made right list or the healed list? What are all the characteristics that you see? If, you were, if you're ahead in the future in God's intended plan for creation, what are the things that you're seeing, the characteristics and attributes that you're seeing? 
and next week we'll kind of pull those together. And I think, I, I think there's a way that uh, we can make this kind of collaborative. That's going to be really helpful. So yeah, with that, I guess I'll just close in prayer and then maybe we can take some time and see if there's anything that's um, that anyone wants to unpack further. Jesus, thank you that you came to this world, that you, that you died on the cross and that you were the ultimate signpost pointing back to the world made right. And God, we thank you for your, your purposes and your plans that are never changing, never failing, always drawing us forwards, always instilling hope. And we just ask that you would open our eyes and our ears and our hearts to see the glimpses of the world made right. To see the justice and the wholeness and the restorations all around us and to be a people who step into that and, and point people towards those things. I just pray that you'd make yourself real through this story and uh, yeah, it's just in a real way, be, be with us as we think about those two lists, the brokenness and the world made right. And thank you for your presence. Amen. So I think that's it, Chris. I don't know if you want to follow up with anything or if anyone has any thoughts. I think I mostly just want to say thank you. That was beautiful and um, just really grateful. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm grateful for the resonances of the Holy Spirit kind of echoing in the story and um, and just just everyone who's participated. And, and I mean, just there's just a beautiful, just a beautiful morning. Um, uh, one thing that was interesting um, when I was so that that second song we did this morning, the one that I, I think was new for you guys, I don't think I've played that before. I've had that one for a long time, and I've wrestled with a couple of things. And one of the things I wrestled with was that line at the end of the chorus: "This will stand right here and not look back." Right? And it was like I was just kind of wrestling a little bit with like the hereness of that, like kind of we're in, you know, where like where is here? Right? Is here heaven? Is here like where is here when we sing about this? And what's this not looking back business? Right. Like I was kind of theologically just wrestling this through a little bit. Like, do I need to do a quick lyric revision? And um, and it just is so I think it really fits because it was like I felt like the Lord reminded me that a new heavens and a new earth isn't like tossing out the old thing and just making something that's totally brand new. But that it's like you've seen someone and we've all had this experience where we encounter somebody and there's been some kind of transformation and we say it's like you're a new person there's something there's something that's still in that's still that person but we see it and we see some a characteristic or something that's that's changed and, and we say you're like a new person and so the sense of like in your your homework um, I just would encourage us to, for that second column, what the world look, looks, the, the world made right looks like. Let's let's imagine what this world 
made right looks like rather than just a heaven thing. Um, and that's something for us to tease out. Like there's some big ideas there, but we will actually be standing here in the full revelation of God's glory and purposes and all of that. We will stand here. And I, that just, so it's funny because I was wrestling with that and it really settled. And I think it really weaves nicely with what you were sharing. So I just wanted to say that and I'm going to shut up and let other people talk. <laughs> I was really touched by what you said about the orientation is toward healing and restoration, not replacement. And especially from a um, environmental and First Nation perspective, um, we really are suffering from a throwaway culture. And um, that's not Jesus's culture. And when I think about like suicide epidemics and stuff, that's also a throwaway culture of ourselves. So God wants healing and restoration. That's his business, mm. not replacement. Yeah, when Matt talked about this, um, he talked about a glass vase let's let's say drop it drops and it shatters on the ground and most of us would not take the time to take those thousands of pieces and put them back together we just get a new vase but you know god's bent is to put the pieces back together and you end up with a vase that's restored but it still has cracks picture that I sort of had when I was doing this too before when you were talking about what the image was going to be and Adrian told me the concept I kind of had this picture in my mind of when a creation happens and there's sin it's like there's this fence they're barred out of out of the garden um, and they're not allowed in that garden anymore and then uh, like there's this I have this picture of this fence going across like a huge field fences up there. And um, so right, yeah, so right here where that road is broken or whatever, where you have the fence, there'd be a fence there. And then I, I saw like, I saw God like move part of the fence out of the way and take those pieces of the fence and make it across. Um, and by doing that, he also, opened the spot back into the garden or opened the spot away back in and did that by making a cross with those pieces and that was an image that i had um of of how god uses that brokenness to make things whole again so. that's beautiful thank you and thank you andrea for doing this drawing this is Having a visual aspect is so amazing. And I, I had given Andrea a little bit of a, here's kind of what I had in my head, but she really turned it into something beautiful. So thank you. Well, everyone, it's beautiful. Um, I think we are probably going to wrap up the broadcast part of, which is a weird word to use, I know, the live stream, whatever, um, part of, of our uh, gathering this morning. So um, thank you everyone who uh, has been part of, been part of this. I'm just really heart, heart filled. Um, 
and uh, and grateful. So I'm just going to uh, say a quick prayer, a sending prayer, and we'll we'll close out the feed and for those who are on Facebook or YouTube or whatever. So um, yeah, may the Lord uh, go with us into this day. Um, full of, of, of not just the promise and, uh, and the, the sort of deposit of this morning, but actually with a sense of place in, in, this, uh, in the story, um, with a sense of place in the story. And Lord, we do ask that you would um, allow us to both see and be uh, signposts of, uh, of, of what it is to say that Jesus is Lord and everything that Adrian shared. So we just ask that you would lead us in that this week. We thank you, Lord, um, for your kindness. In Jesus' name, we pray these things. Amen. So take care, everybody. We will see you uh, uh, next next week for part two, which I'm eagerly looking forward to. So be well.